Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Hello and welcome to the first Scraby Show of the week. I'm Matt Scraby. Thank you for joining me here on 97.3 The Fan. We're going to go through a lot today. We're in the... We're in the uh, the home stretch to the baseball season, so from here on out, we have lots of baseball to talk, and I can tell you I'm very, very excited to be able to talk some baseball, and uh, once the Super Bowl's over, you get Monday to talk about it, and then you move into the baseball season, so we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, we're going to talk about some of the things seen around Padres Spring Training, in fact, right now on MLB Network, they're doing a little feature on Padres Spring Training. So we'll get to some of that. We have the daily gripe at the end. Also, um, we have some news about Jerks and Profar. We have a lot of good stuff tonight. But I I think I surprised a few people today with how I've been acting, which is not maybe as angry as some thought. I'm seeing in the chat uh, from earlier, from, from the Gwyn and Chris show, I was seeing in the chat that many thought that Kyle Shanahan should be fired, the 49ers head coach. And I am not one of those people because he, even though he's been losing the big game, even though he's uh, made it to the NFC Championship like three straight years or four straight years or something, he's he's made it to the Super Bowl twice now with the 49ers, and I don't want to see him do that with another team. So that is why I am not clamoring to get Kyle Shanahan fired by the 49ers. Number one, it's not going to happen. And number two, he's a good coach. I know. He may not win the big games, but not many people are winning the big games right now when the Chiefs are the ones that are on the other side. So you can't really blame Kyle Shanahan for the loss. There were certain things for sure that he didn't do well at, but I don't think the loss falls on Kyle Shanahan. I don't think the loss falls on Brock Purdy. I don't think the loss falls on anything other than the fact that they were playing against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. It's just not what I... It's just not what I really envisioned talking about today. I fully believe that I was going to be here talking about a win right now. But we're not. We're talking about a 49ers loss and the Kansas City Chiefs win. Hello to everyone in the chat. Appreciate you all for being here. Evan, the AI bot. Maria, who's uh, riding high after her Kansas City Chiefs won. C20 Moreno. 
Uh, we also got Castro as well in the chat. So if you want to join us, you can go to YouTube. Just go to um, YouTube.com. Type in 97.3 The Fan. Oh, we got Jackson there too. And Wales. Or Welsh Fire. I don't know if he's in there. Anyway, you can go to the YouTube on 97.3 The Fan. Also, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitch, 97.3 The Fan. And we're on X, 97.3 The Fan SD. I'm also on Twitch as well, Matt Scraby. I'm trying some things out there. And my Scraby Show YouTube is up and running. You just need to search Scraby Show as well. All right. C20 said, thought the Niners were going to take it. Prevent defense last couple possessions. Ouch. I didn't see it that way. Tony Romo said it during the game, and I was kind of thinking it that the middle of the field, fine. Let them ch- take chunk plays in the middle of the field, but kind of lock them down when you get near, when you get over the 50 yard line. But it's just, Patrick Mahomes is so good, and he ran for, I think it was a 19 yard gain late in the game, which was huge for the Chiefs. I felt like there were a few times Brock Purdy could have ran, he didn't. But. When it comes down to it, you're not going to win Super Bowls if you are not perfect. And you have to be perfect in the Super Bowl. You have to. I mean, the Chiefs get a little bit of a a little bit of a grace uh, you know, they get a little bit of grace for their mistakes. But the other team that hasn't won one yet, the 49ers, the Eagles last year, you can't make mistakes in the Super Bowl. And last night there were plenty of mistakes by the 49ers, small mistakes that added up to a loss. You have Trent Williams, who got two penalties in a row. Trent Williams is considered the best left tackle in the entire NFL. And when you get two penalties on him in a row, it pushes you back after you know some good gains. It's not going to help you. You can't win with Christian McCaffrey fumbling on the first drive of the game near the goal line. You can't have that happen. You can't win when you stop the Chiefs and force them to go three and out or get the ball back somehow, i.e. Patrick Mahomes interception, Isaiah Pacheco fumble, and you don't take advantage of that, you don't score points off that, you're not going to win. If Kyle Shanahan didn't have any other, you know, we're talking about the overtime plan here. I know he's been taking a lot of heat about that specifically, about taking the ball first, which his thought was if they get the ball back third, then it's sudden death after that, and they could go down and possibly kick a field goal and win the game. I don't have any issues with what Kyle Shanahan did yesterday. But these are the things that I was talking about on Friday, previewing the game. I was saying that Kyle Shanahan's going to need to be perfect in every decision that he makes, and he's going to have to make the right decisions, like challenging plays that needed to be challenged and things like that. But not having an overtime, or at least uh, communicating the overtime strategy to your team, that's a big that's a big miss because Andy Reid on the other side with his third Super Bowl and his 150 years of experience thinks of all that stuff and puts someone on that. And so all these people saying fire Kyle Shanahan, not with you on that. I am not with you on firing Kyle Shanahan. He is a good coach and he's going to win a Super Bowl at some point. I just don't want to have it be for another team. I really don't want it to have have to be for the, the other team. The other thing I didn't like about Kyle Shanahan, if I'm going to nitpick, is that they went away from the run in the second half. They were running for four or five yards a game. I don't know why they stopped. I mean, there was a few times that they got stopped and then had to throw. But Christian McCaffrey was looking pretty good in the game. I'm less disappointed today because... I'm less disappointed today because... 
both teams played incredibly hard, and there were no referee bungles. There were no things that it was just a really good hard fought hard fought playoff game, hard fought Super Bowl. I can't remember the last time. I know there's been Super Bowls that have gone to overtime, but I can't remember the last time a Super Bowl went basically five quarters. That was crazy. That was crazy. Anyway. Anyway, I'm going to take this loss with me throughout the Scraby Show tonight, and then we turn over a new leaf tomorrow, and we get started with the baseball season. Well, we're going to get started with the baseball season tonight, and one of our news stories starts us off. It's time to get caught up on the latest with the news of the day. Um, let's see. Evan is saying, talk about the Usher halftime. I didn't really see much of it. I thought it was great when I came back in. I saw him and Little John performing, but I wasn't in a place to watch the halftime show. If my team's not playing, I'm watching the halftime show. But I went outside and I walked around and I did all that stuff. Like I think Chris usually goes and walks his dog during the halftime show. But I, I, for some reason, just wasn't really into Usher on at face value. But then when I came back in and he was singing all the songs that were like really popular when I was in high school, I was back in. Back in, I tell you. <laughs> Junior says, Usher looked like a dad doing aerobics. Well, if that, I mean, if that is a dad doing aerobics, then I want to look like a dad doing aerobics because Usher took off his shirt, and I know a lot of people freaked out. And if I'm 45 years old with that body... I'm not afraid to admit it. I would be pretty happy about that. I would be real happy about looking like Usher when I'm 45. I'm just going to keep doing uh, SD fat loss, and maybe I'll get there one day. Uh, all right, news of the day. Jerickson Profar is coming back to the Padres, and the price is very right for Jerickson Profar to come back to the Padres. He is going to make a million dollars, and then he has a million and a half in incentives. So I guess... The max contract for Jerickson Profar is going to be $2.5 million, which is right where the Padres want these guys. And we talked about it on Friday that they're going to have to bring in left, or they're going to have to bring in outfielders. And we talked about possibly trading for the Boston Red Sox center fielder, Jaron Duran, but nothing like that obviously came about over the weekend. Um, they did find a left fielder. Now, I am excited that Jerickson's on the team. I really am excited that Jerickson Profar is back. I think he is a fun player. I think the fans love him. I think the players love him. I think the front office loves him. I just don't think that Jerickson Profar is the difference maker on the field. And I'm not trying to take away from the fact that he's back with the team because He's very important to this team. I think we've seen that over the last couple of years. He does things that may not show up in the stat sheet. But I see the excitement for Jerks and Profar, and it leaves me with a little bit more to the imagination. Because I, I, I don't think that if you go into the season with Jerks and Profar as your everyday left fielder, I don't think that's, that's necessarily a great thing. He's a good player. But we, you, you can't put the team. He can't put the team on his back, and I again am very happy that they got another outfielder in, and they got an outfielder in that we're all familiar with, and they got an outfielder in who loves being a San Diego Padre. That's all great stuff. But I, I guess I'm not really jumping out of my chair in excitement as some other people are, just because this isn't a huge signing. It's not. If you take away what Jerks and Profar has done for San Diego, he's just another guy around baseball and maybe not just another guy because he means a lot more to the San Diego Padres. So I shouldn't say he's just another guy, 
But if you take away his name and you say, hey, here's his stats, here's this person's stats, the Padres signed him, you'll be like, oh, all right. That's good, not bad, not good. But I know I'm kind of raining on the parade of Jerickson Profar, but it's just not a big needle mover for me. And I've been calling for them to get Jerickson Profar on the team. I know fans have been calling to get Jerickson Profar on the team, but there's still a lot more work to be done. And I'm looking forward, again, to seeing what happens in spring training. But to see that they're starting to fill out the roster is a really good thing. And I said on Friday that the uh, we're going to start getting more and more and more news about the Padres and their roster situation. So spring training has just begun, and we will be talking about spring training every single day leading up to the season. And I even talked to Adam, my boss, about when we are going to be broadcasting the first game on the radio. And the first game on the radio is going to be January, January, February 22nd, the first game for them against the Dodgers at uh, 12-10 our time, 1-10 Arizona time. So that will be on the air, 97-3. And I look forward to hearing baseball on the radio. It's like my comfort place, my, my happy place when I get off work during the baseball season and I'm driving home and I just listen to Tony and Jesse and it's, it's, it like makes me have that good summer feel. And so thinking about that gets me a little, gets me a little excited. We're not actually going to spring training this year, which is a bummer, but at the same time, I'm excited for baseball season to be back. I'm excited for Jesse and Tony to be back on the radio. I'm excited for more and more and more Padre stuff to be coming about here. Let's check the comments real quick. I saw someone, um, Annabelle says, Profar is the happiest, most energetic guy with good vibes. He's good for the team and clubhouse. I am in agreement with that. Just don't know that he's the player that is going to save the team. I just don't know. I just don't know. But he is good for the team, if that makes sense. I'm trying to I'm trying to like make it clear that I do like jerks and Profar, but the signing was underwhelming for me, at least. Uh, I guess our first news story, well, our second news story will be the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, so whatever. Our third news story today is going to be about uh, Charlie Hoffman. We just talked about it. We just heard from him. Charlie Hoffman, Poway High School guy. He is uh, going on to the Genesis because he played his way in over the weekend at the Waste Management, and he was able to uh, get. He was able to take second place alone because he had to go to a two-hole playoff with Nick Taylor. Nick Taylor did make a long birdie putt at the end to to win it. So it's not like Charlie Hoffman let it go. He actually posted a score and thought that was going to win. But Nick Taylor was awesome down the stretch, and it's it's one of those things where he you in, in golf. You can play the best that you've ever played, and you could still lose. So that's just one of those situations where the guy had to make birdies. He made a ton of birdies. Um, Let's see here. More comments on this. Oh, Junior makes a good... Ah, Junior makes a, a very fair point. Jerks and Profar played first base during the no-no, so there's also that. I don't think... During the no-no is the good point. The good point is that Jerks and Profar can play in many different spots on the field. And so he's going to help out there. He's not going to be a pure left fielder. And so on the days maybe Jake Cronenworth needs to play second or he's going to sit a day out or something like that, Jerks and Profar can play in different places. So that's good. But they don't really have anybody to replace him in left field right now. So you have to find someone first to replace him in left field before you put him in other positions. That is a good point, Junior. 
That is a good point. Evan says he plays a great left field, and he costs less than Machado makes in a week. Yes, he costs less. But I think we're all kind of caught up in the – I think we're all kind of caught up in the uh, money thing this year, this offseason, because that's what we've been talking about the entire offseason is about how the Padres are trying to get their payroll under control. So that's why we're talking about money there. Uh, Brock says, hey, Matt, I had higher hopes knowing Profar spent last offseason with Fernando Jr. or Tatis Jr., but didn't seem to improve his game much. Well, they weren't on the same team. They weren't on the same team. So that's why I think uh, they didn't have the same, or Jerkson Profar didn't have the same amount of success that he did with the Padres. Cactus Man says, now he can sign Fam. Oh, man, people were angry at Tommy Fam yesterday. They were very angry at Tommy Fam yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, but he went to the Super Bowl because he's a Las Vegas guy. He's originally from Las Vegas. So he went to the Super Bowl. He posted a picture of him in the stands. And then after halftime, he posted a picture from his home watching TV. And everybody said he was very spoiled. I don't I don't think he's spoiled. I mean, I think he even got in for free. But I, I wouldn't leave a Super Bowl myself. Personally, if I'm there, I'm not going home. Definitely not going home. Pay a lot of money. I saw a video going around asking all the people what they paid for it. Just normal people. I mean, people were putting life savings on this. Like, I saw family pay $40,000 to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I saw a guy pay $8,000 to see the 49ers in the Super Bowl. And then he had to buy his dad a ticket. So $16,000. Oof. That's crazy. That is crazy. All right. You're listening to The Scraby Show on 97.3 The Fan. I'm Matt Scraby. Thank you for joining me. You can watch me on YouTube, 97.3 The Fan. You could also comment there on YouTube as well. When we get back, more spring training talk. And we have some audio from Mike Chilt that I want to play. So that's all ahead on 97.3 The Fan. Matt Scraby, back with you. The Scraby Show, 97.3 The Fan. Dealing with my depression over here that the 49ers lost. This is probably the last time in a very long time we're going to talk 49ers, and a lot of you out there are probably really happy about that. I, I understand. No, Not everyone is a fan of the 49ers. I get it. But I think I learned this time around that more fans than I thought really, really hate the 49ers, and I, I don't know why. I guess it's the fans or something. I asked someone earlier, and they said it was the fans, but... I'm not sure why. I don't feel like the 49ers have annoying players. I don't feel like they are a dirty team or anything like that. But eh, you you are allowed to hate them. It's okay because I certainly have my teams I dislike. Certainly have my team they dislike. Oh, Junior says because they beat the Chargers back in the day. I mean, that was their last Super Bowl win, and now they've lost three since then. Lost three since then. They've lost three in the last, like, 12 years it's crazy that they went to that super bowl in 2012 wow i'm getting old i'm sure a lot of people out there feel the same way where you think about something and then you realize it was 12 years ago and you feel like where is the time going where is the time going i had some uh chats during the break that i wanted to get to real quick and i'm gonna start with uh kenny kenny was talking about jerks and profar says with a discount on profar for left field does that open up paying a little more for solaire and moving tatis to center field now, the Tatis to center field conversation has been uh, one that's raged here in the last couple weeks, and basically basically ever since he started playing the outfield. But does it give him more money for Soler? It definitely does, because they didn't have to spend that much money to begin with. Like a million bucks on Jerks and Profar is not 
much of anything. Uh, so it helps them with that. But I, again, I don't think that Soler is going to be looking for a really, really, really cheap contract with the Padres. And so I don't know that uh, Jorge Soler is going to be a guy who is going to be brought in by the Padres basically because uh, basically because of, you know, what they have already. And also they just can't afford to use a lot of their left over budget on one player. They have to find many different players. So, Kenny, not a bad thought, but uh, here's another one. I, I want another part of that. I want to talk to you to talk about. Jeez. Fernando Tatis Jr. moving to center field, I personally don't understand why. I mean, I do understand why you would move him to center field because he's a great athlete, he's a great outfielder, and he can play all over the place. But I don't know why you would move a guy who just was the best right fielder in baseball last year defensively, or one of them. I don't know why you would move him to center field. He just got into right field, just had a year under his belt playing that position. And so I don't know why you would move him right now. Why don't you leave him in the spot that he's, you know he's great at, which is right field, and he's going to get even better. Do I think we'll see him in center field this year? Probably a little bit, but I don't know that he is the center fielder of the future for the Padres. I don't know that Jose Azokar is the center fielder of the future for the Padres. we still got lots of time for trades to happen and all that, but, I mean, time is ticking down. We said it a couple times leading up to this. We thought that there was going to be more signings leading into spring training, but we didn't get many signings. We got one today, though, Jerks and Profar. Brandon said on YouTube, remember all the outfield assists Jerks and Profar had at the beginning of 2022. He may not be a gold glover, but he might be better than Soto defensively. I would have to really dig deep into the numbers and figure that one out, but he is good. I'm not saying that he's not a good player. And the more I'm talking about it and the more feedback I'm getting from some of you, I'm starting to feel like I am wrong in my underwhelmed feeling of Jerickson Profar being on the team. And again, if you're just tuning in, it's not I'm not underwhelmed because Jerickson Profar, the guy, is coming to the team. I love Jerickson Profar. I just was a little underwhelmed because we've been waiting for signings all offseason and then we end up getting a signing and it's maybe not the biggest signing that we could have imagined. But Jerickson Profar did have some great moments in the 2022 season. Jerickson Profar has led this team to an NLCS or helped lead this team to an NLCS. And so one of the the um, here here's the next comment I wanted to show. Annabelle says they have the guys who can save the team though, and they're not going to pay enough to get more saviors. And that is 100% true. I didn't think about it like that. I guess I've said it in the past, but I haven't put this together in this moment. But it, it's true. Jerickson Profar does not need to be a savior. Jerickson Profar does not need to be a superstar. Jerickson Profar can come in and be and play to the averages that he has, and he could be a successful player for the Padres. Because, again, Annabelle's right. They have... Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., Xander Bogarts, Jake Cronenworth. They have all these guys on the team that are going to be able to, or that are supposed to be the superstars and they're supposed to be the saviors. I forgot Manny Machado, but he's not starting the year at their base. You need all of those guys to do exactly what they were brought in to do, which is be great players, great hitters, great defenders. Last year, we saw bits and pieces from Xander Bogarts. I personally believe he was hurt the entire year, or at least when he got hit by a pitch. And then following that, he was not as good because he was hurt. His wrist was killing him. 
So I think he's going to have a good year. Manny Machado is going to be coming off surgery. Manny Machado is also going to be coming off of, uh, you know, a little bit of a break. So he's going to have to have a, to get into the season a little bit. Fernando, I have no issues with him. And I was talking to a friend over the weekend. I really, truly believe that Fernando Tatis Jr. is on his way to an MVP-type season. Just seeing what he did last year, seeing what he did, getting back into baseball form, getting back into the everyday grind of baseball. That's what Fernando Tatis Jr. needs needed, and he got it. And so this year, he's going to be starting with fresh with a fresh slate, and he's going to jump right into into the season and not have to warm warm up or get into the groove of things with the team. He's going to be ready to go. So I think from game number one, Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be an impact player for this team. And Jake Cronenworth, he's going to need to have a much, much, much better year, and he's going to have to provide some hits there in the middle of the lineup. I don't know where he's quite going to bat in this lineup, but if he's going to bat like fifth or sixth or seventh, he's going to need to be the guy who's driving in runs because that's what they're paying him for. That's what they gave him the contract for is to be that guy. And he has to have a little bit more pressure than Jerkson Profar. So in the end, yes, Annabelle, you're right. They don't Jerkson does not need to be the savior, which takes a lot off of his plate, nor do I think that the Padres were thinking he was going to be the savior. For me, maybe I was lumping it in a little bit too much with the the roster on paper and some of the names that we've heard in the last couple weeks and months that are associated with the Padres. So I think maybe I was a little too underwhelmed by it, and I should have been a little bit warmer on the idea of bringing in Jerks and Profar because he's a good player, as I said. Very good player. Last uh chat that I wanted to share from Birdie on the base. I loved Pham's response on why he left the Super Bowl. And I bring this up because Tommy Pham was at the Super Bowl and then he left the Super Bowl and uh, I think or he left the Super Bowl and then he said he didn't want to deal with people making him get up and get go to the bathroom, go get drinks every every 15 seconds. No one was sitting down. Fans were screaming in his ear and I saw a comment on uh, on a tweet with this whole thing saying, hey, this is basically how I feel at every single Padres game. Yeah, but it's not the Super Bowl. So that's why Tommy Pham left. He didn't want to deal with all the people jogging back and forth throughout the entire game. All right. I told you about Mike Schilt and he, he was uh, speaking to the media and Mike Schilt actually did a lot of speaking to the media. So he has, let's, let's do this one because a lot of people are uh, curious about what, uh, let me start that over. A lot of people are curious about where Jackson Merrill is going to play. Is he going to play the outfield? Is he going to play the infield? Is he going to mix in on this team at all? in the first part of the year. Here's Mike Schilt talking to the media. You know, the thing with Jackson is, again, he's versatile. You know, I talked to Dennis about this in the offseason that, um, you know, he can get out in the outfield, but he hasn't done it much historically. He has played there a little bit in some double-A games. Has been really intentional, and I, I think the organization did a nice job. And Jackson's been a, a voice and a participant in making sure um, he's getting his work at shortstop. He's also getting his work in the outfield, making sure we're, we're keeping him, you know, from a load management, you know, especially in the offseason, um, keeping him fresh. It's, we're going to continue to be intentful about what that looks like, and, and um, but we do want to kind of read the tea leaves and get him in the outfield and let him see what that looks like, and we have a more comfort uh, with what he's done in the infield, and we'll kind of take it from there. 
you know, the thing with Jackson is, again, he's versatile. Sorry about that. I let it replay. But there you go. He is versatile. And that's that's the biggest thing, I think, for a young player who's trying to find a place on the field. And I heard the uh, Ben and Woods, they were talking about Drake's and Profile this morning, and I heard Woods saying, you know, this is going to possibly, he was kind of bringing up some of the things that he saw around the Jerks and Profar signing. And he was saying, oh, some people are thinking that this may possibly jump it or um, impact Jackson Merrill's development and reps here in spring training. And being a versatile player takes all of that away because you need to figure out how to play a bunch of different positions. And being a versatile player makes you so much more valuable to your team. I know just in daily life, if you can do a bunch of different things, you are a lot more valuable than you can if you can just do one thing. So Jackson Merrill being that guy, that's probably how he's going to break into the big leagues. He's going to be a guy who's going to go play wherever he needs to play, kind of round into the big leaguer form and then see where they're at when that happens. But Jackson Merrill is going to be very, very uh, interesting player to watch this spring training to see what he can do. Can he push his way into the opening day roster? Some people may think it's possible, and some people I don't think uh, think he'll even be on the team this season at all. I definitely think he's on the team this season at some type or some point, but I, I, I don't know that we're going to see him maybe before the All-Star break. Because, again, we've talked about this many times on this show, on Gwen and Chris, on the other shows. If these high-rated prospects play this year early in the year, then that means that there was some catastrophic injury or some reason they're going to be there by necessity and not by um, not by being there for backup purposes, where they're able to kind of settle into their major league life. So that's why I want to see those guys later in the year. Fresh legs, all of that stuff. I just saw this on the bottom of the screen on MLB Network, but Jesse Winker, remember that guy? He agreed to a deal with the Nationals. Kind of a fall from grace there. He was like the the next thing there for a little bit, and now he's had some bad seasons back-to-back-to-back, so he's going to be with the Nationals to start the season. All right, I'm going to go through some of the chats here when we uh, during the commercial break. When we get back, we have the Daily Gripe. We still have some more Padres from spring training. We still have some more Super Bowl thoughts, so stick with us. Also, we have some Ethan Solace. Sammy Lev caught up with him, so we'll hear from him when we get back here on the Scraby Show, 97.3 The Fan. All right, back here. Matt Scraby. Scraby Show, 97.3 The Fan. Thanks to everyone who is joining me right now. I know I sound like I'm a little depressed, but I think it's starting to sink in that the 49ers lost the Super Bowl. I think it's starting to sink in, especially after that Zach Gelb little thing right there saying that Debo and his 41 yards total in the Super Bowl is one of the reasons why the 49ers lost. Yeah, definitely is. Debo. Love him, hate him at the same time, all the time. Because he's good, but he's also, he talks a lot and doesn't back it up at times. Uh, I was just reading something, actually, about the game last night, and Patrick Mahomes said that they were going to go for two. If the 49ers had scored a touchdown in overtime, and then the going back down the field, if the Chiefs were able to score another touchdown, they were going to go for two and try to end the game. Can you imagine the dramatics of that? I cannot believe the script didn't allow this to happen. I know the script isn't real. But can you imagine what it would be like to actually have a Super Bowl be decided by a two-point conversion? 
That would have been pretty crazy, I have to say. I that that would have gone down maybe as the best Super Bowl of all time right there. If they're winning on a two point conversion or losing on a two point conversion. And I guess if you're the Chiefs too, you have kind of the the guts to go for two because you've already been to the Super Bowl so many times. You've already won the Super Bowl three times. So when you have that many opportunities, you could do things that you would normally never do in a one one appearance type of thing. So I found that pretty interesting to see that they were going to go for two because I don't the, – the thing about the Chiefs is that, like I said earlier, they are ready for everything. And so they had a play that they were going to use for two, and it would probably have worked. Again, I think the 49ers just ran into Patrick Mahomes. That's what they ran into. And Patrick Mahomes saying he wants three title or uh, he wants more titles. They're not done. They want to go for three in a row. They're going to have a huge target on their back next year because no one wants to see them go three in a row in the NFL. No one wants to see them go for three in a row in the NFL. I promise you that. Some of the chats we got throughout the break, Cactus Man says, Profar just needs to be Profar. And he does. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's a, you know, I should have just said that earlier instead of saying he needs to be a superstar. He, he just needs to play within himself. He's not the superstar type caliber player. But yeah, Profar is Profar. He will bring good things to this team. Uh, Cactus Man also said that Jackson Merrill going to be the wild card this year. That's totally possible. Totally possible that Jackson Merrill could be the wild card this year. I hope that's true. He's going to come up at some point. And if he's the wild card, if he's the guy who gets things going, even better. That would work for me. Junior says, we can't make any fan rap videos or anything like that. We have to compose ourselves as fans and not allow another jinx. Great point, Junior. That's what's in. If you know, you know. But yeah, that rap video was uh, pretty hilarious, I gotta say. And then the final one. I was surprised listening to you guys today that Profar's batting average was so low batting on the left side. It was like 220 left versus 275 right. I always thought lefty was his strength. You know, I would have to go through the stats, but we did talk about that earlier, and I did find that interesting as well because I feel like I've seen Jerks and Profar bat from the left side more than I've seen him bat from the right side. I see him in my head batting from the left side a lot, but apparently the numbers don't tell the same story. So that's even though he is 220 from the left side and they need lefty batters, I would still take a switch-hitting Jerks and Profar over a, a righty that is 240 you know, a, a regular average hitter, I would still take Jerks and Profar because he could move to that left side if he needed to because they're going to need lefty batters. They have to have left, lefty batters. All right. Ethan Solace. He is in spring training camp. He has been invited by the team. Of course, he's been invited by the team. And our guy, Sammy Levitt, let me say this real quick. Sam Levitt is doing some work right now in Peoria at spring training. So you need to go make sure that you follow Sam on X, Instagram, TikTok. I think it's at Sammy Lev on X and you need to follow 97.3, the fan SD on X as well, because there is just so much spring training content up there and we have Sam on the ground. So when you're out there watching videos, make sure if it's Sammy Lev, you give him credit. 
because he's doing a great job. He always does a great job. And he caught up with Ethan Solace. It looks like he caught up with them this morning. And he asked them, it's about 90 seconds or so, but Sam originally asked him what he learned, Ethan Solace, from facing higher levels of competition last season. I always love a challenge. Uh, I feel like I wasn't overmatched. I was never overmatched in any level I played in this year. So I think just going in there more prepared and more um, – more knowing more about myself than I did last year. I think it's going to go really well. Obviously, it's it's really early in spring training, but has the organization shared at all like what their plans may be for you out of spring training and in this season as a whole? Yeah, no, uh, they haven't really shared it as much uh, yet, but I think just go out there and play and have fun and you know, do what I do best, play baseball. So. What do you what do you think about being kind of on the fast track, right? Like you, you hear that, hey, it's not going to be that long until you're expected to be here if you keep performing. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's not too much to think about. I just keep doing what I do and, and just enjoy the ride. I mean, this is, this is, baseball doesn't get much better in the show. So, yeah, I think, I think it's the best place to play. So. The first year of being inside this clubhouse day-to-day, this part of spring training, seeing some of the names on, on the lockers here, what are the emotions like when you walk in here and, and understand who's in here with you? Yeah, it's cool. I, I watched these guys play when I was on TV when I was younger. I played, I played with them in video games, so it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool just getting to know them as people and as, as uh, teammates. I think it's going to be really, really fun. Still 6'2"? Do you have any, any growth? Yeah, around there. Yeah, around, yeah. Hopefully. We'll see. That was Ethan Solace. I gotta say, for being a young guy, I, I I always forget his age. Either he's he's seventeen or he's eighteen, but he's very well spoken, and he seems like he is going to be a guy that is. He seems like he's going to be a guy that lives up to it. He's seventeen right now, and he he was born on June first, so he'll be eighteen this coming year. Uh, I can't imagine being a seventeen-year-old in the clubhouse. And being a 17-year-old that's as highly touted as you are, that would be really nerve-wracking for me, at least. But it sounds like he's taking it fine. I mean, the Padres are doing it right with him. They're slowly working him through the system, and they're not trying to put too much pressure on him too early. And Cactus Man said on the chat, he speaks like a pro. He does speak like a pro. I know at 17, I wasn't speaking like that. And at 17, I was not in the right in that mindset whatsoever but Ethan Salas impressing every time I hear something from him every time I see him it's impressive if you go to at 97.3 the fan SD on X you'll see some of the uh, videos that Sam Levitt took of Ethan Salas playing catcher and there's a there's a couple plays where I'm like well no wonder that guy is one of the most highly touted prospects in baseball because he and it's always funny too you can always tell in spring training the last couple years I've gone out there because everybody looks like each other. They all have the same uniform on. And so you can't really tell who's who from far away. But you always know that there is a big-time player doing something when there is a big crowd around them. So you have Ethan Salas working behind the plate. And you have him doing some drills. And you have a lot of people watching him. Because they're very impressed. Very much like to uh, see what the big what, what all the hype is about. I think there's good hype. Really good hype. Jack said that uh, Sammy Lev goes hard in the paint. Yes, he does. Sammy Lev does go hard in the paint. Uh, All right. So we are coming to the daily gripe here in a second. 
Um, I think someone, people are commenting on the 49ers. Doesn't discount how big of a loss Greenlaw was. Changed the entire defense. Yes, it did. I think that's the worst part about this whole thing is that he got hurt running into the game. It wasn't even like he was sprinting. Dre Greenlaw, I'm talking about. It wasn't even like he was making a play. He was just jogging onto the field. It's like out of all times in the in the universe for your Achilles to tear, that one right there, instead of like actually pushing off of it or making a tackle or something like that, just running on the running on the team or running on the team, sorry. Running on the field, that was really that was a, a brain malfunction. Running on the field, just snapping your Achilles in the Super Bowl, not good. Brandon says, when you were 17, you were teammates with Kevin O'Connell. That is 100% true, Brandon. I was a teammate with Kevin O'Connell, who now coaches the uh, Vikings. Yeah, he coaches the Vikings. He's the head coach for them. He's going to be brought back next year. But Kevin O'Connell, born on the same day, played on the same high school football team. So, you know, I'm basically like a professional coach at some point in time. I'm going to be. There's Someone's going to bring me in, I swear. I swear to you someone's going to bring me in. Uh, some of the other stuff that happened over the weekend while we are killing the last little bit of the show, uh, the Caitlin Clark-Iowa Hawkeyes. Now, I watched this game yesterday. It was yesterday, right? Or Saturday. Whatever day it was. I am so bad with time. It's ridiculous. But I was watching it, and I was watching to see her break the scoring record. And so I think it was FS1 that was playing the game, and they had a little box in the corner that said how many points she needed to break the record or tie the record. And in the fourth quarter, I was waiting for her just to go off. She had nine minutes to go when I last checked, or when I checked, and she had eight points to go. So I thought, she's going to get this no problem. She's going to get it in the next couple minutes. And then I turned it back on with like four months, to, four minutes to go, still at eight points. And then I turned it back on, still at eight points. And not only that, but the Iowa team lost like a huge lead. So I thought that was pretty crazy. Chris and I were talking about this in the break, but like when your team is by far and away like the best team in the country, I, the Iowa Hawkeyes are a very good basketball team. And they've won a lot of games. And I guess Caitlin Clark was very hard on her teammates after saying that they, they have to get better after being beat like that. But it's like, yeah, it's okay. You, you've won 31 games. But then again, that's why Caitlin Clark is probably going to go down as the best women's basketball player of all time. Because she really, really wants to... She, she really wants to put herself on the women's basketball map. And she's already doing that. And... So I uh, I was 100% into that until I found out that she wasn't able to um, break the record. That stunk. That really stunk. Um, sometimes the chat gets a little too crazy. I get a cor- out of the corner of my eye something that I see, and then I go to read it, and then I realize I can't read it. I realize I can't. The Padres are going to be at spring training tomorrow. Obviously, Sam Levitt is going to be out at spring training tomorrow, so make sure you check everything for that. And uh, right now, it is time for this. What's annoying Scraby today? Let's find out. It's time for the Daily Gripe. Always go to Sam Levitt for your Padres content. Always go to Sam Levitt and 97.3 The Fan because that's the only place you're going to get legit content from spring training, at least right now, for this morning. I can't say who else is there because I don't know. 
But Sammy Lev is always putting stuff up. All right, Daily Gripe. I, I guess I had a few over the weekend, but I'm going to choose one that is... It's already kind of been mentioned, and I talked about it when people were on FaceTime in public. But I'm going to do this... I'm going to put it to the phone because I cannot stand when people have conversations on the phone in public places. And this is not FaceTime. FaceTime was a whole different thing. But, like, public places that they should not be having conversations in. Like a gym. Why is anybody having a conversation at the gym? I don't get why you need to be on the phone doing your 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 steps, getting your workout in, but still talk to people. Do people understand that you could do these things by yourself? And who on the other end of the phone is wanting to talk to that person while they're working out? I don't understand any of, any of that. Jack says, especially at the gym. You're right, Jax. Because this is this is a very annoying thing. So I saw it was at the gym, and it was also in a waiting room when I was getting my car fixed last week, or getting it serviced for the first time. Someone was talking in the waiting room on the phone like they were at their own house. I don't need to hear your conversation with your cousin Mo. I don't need it. Go outside. There are plenty of spots for you to sit outside and talk on the phone. It's just ridiculous. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a big fan of the look at me things, which is talking on a phone in a public place to me is a look at me thing. All right, that's it for the Scraper Show. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you for taking it easy on me with the 49ers losing. Thank you for being on the chat. I'll be back tomorrow. Chris will be back tomorrow. Tony will be back tomorrow. Ben and Woods start at 6 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Scraper Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.